Amen. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, please, today to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Excited to be here today. Getting to teach on uh, one of my favorite subjects, the subject of faith. God, I've been honored today to have a a family that's graduated from Rama Bible Training Center here with us today. I hope you guys are excited to hear me say I'm going to teach on the subject of faith today. And uh, uh, amen. So good to come across kindred spirits. Really, every Christian you meet on the street, if they're if 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 they're cooperating with God's plan at all, you ought to you, you ought to find someone within a Christian, any Christian, that would be mutually excited about the subject of faith. Amen. Amen. Uh, faith has changed my life. Yes. Faith has changed the course of my eternal destiny. I wouldn't be saved without faith. And like Brother Russell said, didn't deserve it, but even faith is a gift from God. Amen. And God is no respecter of persons. He gives saving faith to the unsaved at the hearing of the message. And then people have a choice to make, to receive or not receive. So good. And, uh, but once we are born again, we come into the kingdom, we're not done with faith. We've begun to, to you know, live a life of faith. To walk a journey of faith. Amen. And there's, there's no limit. The greatest among us, you read church history, the greatest among us are just but scratching the surface of what faith could do. Peter found out that uh, faith in the word of Jesus, one word that Jesus said, Jesus said, come. And Peter found out there's enough power in that one word out of the master's mouth that he could walk on water on that word. Amen. And uh, praise God. And so, you know, the world is progressing. Technology's progressing. Uh, you know, I'm thrilled to report to you, I ordered my truck Wednesday. And uh, I didn't order a 2021, I ordered a 2022. Because, because with every passing year, they're progressing. They're adding more. The technology gets better. They're doing more. Now you want the cutting, you want the best. So, and, uh, but you know, it's sad how the church doesn't seem to be moving forward in, in their arena. We ought to, generation to generation, you're right, we ought to be building on the faith of our forefathers and going further. I want my spiritual sons, my natural children, to go farther than I'm ever able to go. Stretch it out there, amen? Don't, don't try to attain to what daddy did. No, go, use, you know, whatever I attain, let that be their springboard to go, go further into, into things, amen? But I've learned this as a pastor, you know, People aren't growing in any area that they're not hearing about and thinking about all the time. And uh, so I have us here in Galatians chapter 2, and I wanted to read this verse to you. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful scripture. Uh, Let me get there. I have it in the Amplified, but I'll I'll read it in the King Jimmy. And so Paul is, uh, (laughs) I don't know if they called him Jimmy or not, but uh, anyway, praise God. Probably not. Sir, Colonel Sir, that's right what they did. Had their, like Kamal said, yeah, they had their head taken off. All right, Galatians chapter 2, Paul writing. And he says about himself, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Now, I don't know anything about church history that Paul said he was crucified. But here it says he was crucified with Christ. Amen. In other words, 
uh, much about the gospel is about identification. Yes. That we identify with what Jesus did. That's how we partake in it. Amen. So Paul said, I am crucified with the anointed one, with his anointing. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, here's the phrase that seems to stand out to me for this this segment, what I'm trying to emphasize. And the life which I now live. Amen. You see, once you become identified with Christ, you become a believer. You're a new creation in Christ. You've got, you got to have this mindset, the life I now live. The life you now live better not look very much like the life you lived before you got in Christ. Amen? I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved so I could live the same. I didn't get saved so I could think the same. I expected change. I expected demands to be placed on me. I, I expected when I signed up uh, to be a son to my heavenly father that I was going to have to learn some things, amen, and live different. And I am living different. I used to smoke, I don't smoke anymore. I used to cuss, I don't cuss anymore. I used to drink, I don't drink anymore. I used to steal for fun, I don't do that anymore. I used to vandalize people's property because I thought it was funny. But I don't do that anymore. Amen? And what the miracle of it is, is the person that enjoyed doing that kind of thing, died. He died. That's what Paul said. He said, I died when Christ died. He died for me. I identify with that death. I'm dead. That old guy is dead. That one who persecuted Christians and held people's coats while they stoned Stephen to death. That guy's dead. That guy's gone. Amen. Then he says, the life I now live. Again, I have to be careful. Like a Wednesday night, I've got... I didn't get off, but it just went a different direction than I thought it was going to go. And, uh, but, you know, are you living different? And you live for God very long. Your friendships change. Your relationships change. Where you like to go. How you spend your time. Things you do. What you talk. What you think. Ought to be changing all the time. All right, let's get back on subject here. Praise God. But the life, Paul said, the life I now live. How is he living it? He says, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the, one who lo- of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So see, the life that God introduced him to on the other side of his conversion on the road to Damascus was a life of faith. Amen. A life of faith. Amen. Let me read that to you from the Amplified Translation. It says, I have been crucified with Christ in Him. I have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. Amen. Amen. Are you living by faith? You know, one of my best friends is uh, another pastor in Georgetown. His name's Dennis Hadabaugh. Great, great man. Great, great believer. Great friend. And uh, he said he was minding his business a few years ago, and, and all of a sudden the, Lord, the Word of the Lord came to him. And it came in the form of a question. God spoke to him, and he said, uh, Do you want to know why uh, my children in America don't walk by faith? More of them? And, of course, Dr. Adabar responded, Yeah, I, I'd like to know that. He goes, and got, the response was, Because they don't have to. See, it's different living, being a Christian in India than it is here in America. How come people, 
uh, can choose. They don't have to live. In America, you don't have to live by faith. And most Christians don't. They live by their paycheck. And they don't live beyond it. They live by their paycheck. They live by their credit score. They live by their education. They live by, uh, you know, government programs. They live by the support network we have here. They live by medical science and pharmacology and surgery and med cards and health insurance. And they get along decently. Let's just admit it, right? Most people get along pretty decent. And so you have to be careful. You have to challenge yourself, American Christian. Not to just settle in for having a decent roof over your head and a car to drive and a medical card and access to medication and a doctor that will say hi to you and and all of that. And you lean on all these crutches because I am warning you, those crutches are in the process of going away. The government is broke and they keep printing money by the trillions. And that's why milk is $10 a gallon or whatever it is. That's why a tube of four that used to cost you $2.10 is like 8 or $9. Yes, sir. You think, oh, it's great, government, just throw me some more money. Yeah, and it's going to, you know, when your basic car that might have tires on it will be 50000 it's called inflation. Right. Some of this stuff is unsustainable. Amen? Paul said, I live by faith. He didn't have medical insurance. <laughs> he didn't have social security. He had God's promise. He lived by faith. I challenge you, live by faith. Stretch yourself out. Amen? Don't live according to the natural only. Amen? So again, I'll just read these references quickly. Don't take all the time with this. But the Bible says over and over and over again that the believer is to live their life by faith. Romans, Romans 1.17, the end of the verse says, The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the last part of that verse says, The just shall live by faith. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Amen. It goes on and says, If any man draws back from what? From living by faith. Mm-hmm. Then it says, My soul, God's soul, will have no pleasure in that person. Right. 2 Corinthians 5.7 Paul said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Over and over and over again. We live by faith and not by sight. Go with me over all the way to the end of your New Testament, almost, to the book of Jude. Jude is a uh, one-chapter short letter that Jude wrote. Mm -hmm. It's right tucked in right before Revelation. Jude, turn over to there. Well, we're getting the, the engines idling. Amen. Amen. Sermon's taken off if it's an airplane. And we're going to go someplace today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the faith, unto, uh, is that right? Unto the saints, rather. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. I want to point you to those words, earnestly contend. Spirit of God inspired Jude. It's included in the canon of our scripture, writing to saints, encouraging them to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now, this is a good example of why words really matter and where translations from the original to a language that we speak, in, in this case English, is not always helpful. Right. When you put the word the in front of faith, it gives it a different slant. When you, when you read it, earnestly contend for the faith, then I think the Christian faith, the whole of Christianity. And certainly we should contend for that. The problem is the article T-H-E in the Greek is not there. It's not there. In the original, the word the faith, it's not the faith, it's just faith. So let's read it that way. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for faith. Not Christian belief. Faith, the faith life. Faith, real faith, authentic faith. Not a fake version of faith, but real faith. Amen? Hallelujah. And Jude said, praise God, I'm echoing those sentiments today. We should be earnestly contending for faith. If I was the offensive coordinator, I have a better job, but if I was the offensive coordinator for the Oklahoma Sooners, and we're about to take the field against those uh, scatly dressed Texas Longhorns, and I got all the offensive guys in the huddle, and I said, men, get out there and earnestly contend for a touchdown. What would that look like if they heed coaches? Well, would they just break huddle and walk out there? Walk out there. All right, guys, we're going to play, you know, play number, you know, whatever coach said, and Oh, I really don't feel like doing this today. But. That's not earnestly contended for. Every player, I mean, from the, from the, from the guard uh, to the center, to the wide receivers, to the running back, to the quarterback, come on, if we're going to earnestly contend for a touchdown, we're going to give it all we've got. Bless God. We're going to overcome every obstacle, whatever we have to deal with. We're going to call whatever play. We're going to figure it out. If we have to bleed or break bones, we are going to score a touchdown. Well, believer, what kind of stance, what kind of attitude are you conducting yourself right now? It's just so easy, isn't it? I could be there to just kind of coast through the week. Here's, we went from June and now we're in July and soon we'll be in August and blah, 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 blah. You got to shake yourself. You got to stir yourself. This is why God gives you a church. God gives you a pastor. So I could hold this in front of you and say, listen, when you leave here, go contend for a healing touchdown. Go contend for a financial touchdown. Amen. Go contend for a, a, a answered prayer touchdown. Contend for faith. For faith. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, that means go after it. Go after faith. Go after believing God. Go after attaining and laying hold of the promises of God. Uh-huh. Amen. 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 
I said, Amen. Amen. Let's go now back to uh, the left and let's go to Hebrews. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 11. And let's talk if we can. Is this all right? Amen. About faith. You know, if, uh, if you knew what faith was, and you knew how to get it, get faith, boy, you'd be about two-thirds there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, knew how, if you knew what faith was, you're not confused about it, you knew what it was, and you knew how to get it, right. you're almost there. Yep, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's like money. If you knew what money was, and you knew how to get money, man, you're, you're, way, you're way down the road, aren't you? I mean, the only thing you need to know now is how to spend your money. Most people got that, don't they? Amen. Well, believer, come on. If you knew what faith was, you weren't confused about it. You knew what faith was, and you knew how to get it, and you knew how to spend it once you got it. Life will be different for you. Life will be different for you. So let's talk for a few minutes about what faith is. And we don't want a religious definition. We don't want a man's opinion. Let's just let the Bible, come on, let's let God's Word tell us what faith is. Right here in in Hebrews chapter 11. Now actually, let's back up into verse number, uh, excuse me, chapter 10, before 11, the last few verses. So if you... You know, this wasn't broken up in chapters and verses. It was just one long letter. Amen. So let's look at Hebrews 10, 35, and we'll, we'll read up to 11, 1. And uh, praise God. So the, the Bible says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. If you look up that word confidence, it'll be the Greek word uh, pistis, I believe, which is the Greek word for faith. They're, they're synonymous terms. So there again, right there, you're getting a little insight into what faith is. What is faith? Well, it's confidence. Well, if it's confidence, then it's not questioning. It's not wondering. And it's not hoping. So, we're encouraged to not cast away. I'd say it, don't throw away. Don't throw away your faith. Don't give up your faith. Which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. That word is perseverance. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Amen? But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back. Come on. That's what we say about this crew. We are not like that. We don't draw back from faith. Whether we're popular in Christian circles or not popular in Christian circles makes no difference to us. We're not trying to please other people anyway. Amen. We are not going to draw back from confidence. We're not going to draw back from faith. Amen. So it says, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. See, if you draw back, it doesn't mean just drawing back from faith and going into the world your faith in Christ, being a Christian, it could apply there, certainly. Amen? But he's just talking about faith in general. Amen? And if we draw back from faith, what awaits? Perdition. The word perdition means destruction. If you draw back from faith for healing, 
what's going to happen is the destruction of your body. If you draw back from faith from divine protection, then you could be destroyed. If you draw back from faith in prosperity, Bible prosperity, balanced prosperity, what awaits is perdition, destruction. So you do not, right? You do not draw back. It's just so sad. I, I, don't, I don't let it bother me anymore. But used to, here and beginning to pastor and in, in ministering as an assistant and just different things in my life since I got born again. Uh, you, you bring up something and they, uh, they weren't taught that. It's new to them. So they reject you and they draw back. Yeah. And it just bothers you because it's not about me. It's not a rejection of me. But you're rejecting a truth that you need to know, you need to embrace. Otherwise, if your doctor and your crutch and your medical insurance can't get it for you, you're not going to have it. You're going to go without it. And that's what makes me weep. That's what makes me, you know, anguished and, and hurt for people. Oh, y'all preach healing there? No. Well, what do you want me to preach? To me, I hear you want me, I, I want you to preach what I've heard all my life that God might make me sick. So if I get sick, I got a divine excuse for why I'm that way. I, I don't know what people are thinking. But I just decided a long time ago. I was listening to Dr. Jacobs this weekend. And, uh, and uh, I thought, I said to myself, I said, I am glad I'm not the only one who treats my congregation like he treats his. You know, praise <laughs> God. And, and because I heard him say what I have said. He said, uh, I'm done arguing and fighting people over their healing. If you want to be sick, go for it. I'm just not going to fool with you. That's what he said. I'm like, I'm saying the same thing. I'm just done falling out of favor with people, trying to help them see that God's provided something better for them. They don't, they don't want to hear it. Amen. And uh, so praise God, you got to be careful about you know, turning your back on truth. Right. Yeah. Jesus said the truth is what's going to make you free. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. You see, if there's bondage, there's a truth that you need to focus on. There's a, there's a, there's a truth, there's a reality, a principle from God, a fact from God. That if you knew that truth, and if you'd accept it, and line up with it, and hold fast to it, it would set you free. It'd set you free financially, set you free socially, set you free mentally, set you free spiritually, set you free physically. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I've kind of lost my place. I don't even know where I'm at. Glory. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. And so we were reading up to that. Oh yeah, perdition. But of them that believe, we are what? We are them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Got some other translations here. Praise God somewhere in my notes on that. Here we go. So right here, we know what faith is. Amen. I, I, like, I like looking at the first three words of this verse like a sandwich. And the word faith is the meat of the sandwich. But what's the bread on the top and on the bottom? Now is. 
now faith is. It's a very important truth. Faith, if it's real faith, if it's Bible faith, it's now. It is. It's present tense. Amen. Well, brother, is God going to heal you? Bless God, Pastor, I know He is. He's going to heal me sometime. Future. Brother, do you believe you're healed? I, I, yeah, I believe I healed. I believe He's going to heal me someday. You'll never get it. People stumble over the tenses. Hope is future. Hope is future. Faith is now. What's that mean? Faith knows now. Faith has it now. See, hope is a dreamer and a wisher and an imaginer. And it's vitally important. Faith is the substance of things dreamed of, imagined, hoped for. A target. So you got to have hope to have faith give any substance to it. But faith is always out there. I mean, excuse me, hope is. Hope is always future. People are always talking about what God is going to do. And someday. And when He gets ready. No, hope, that's hope. You hope to have enough money to pay your bills. You hope to have enough strength to do your work. You hope, right? Amen for different things. That God will protect you as you drive around the region. But that's not faith. That's not faith. Hope is a dreamer. Hope is an imaginer. Hope is a wisher. People hope to have a back that doesn't hurt. People hope not to die of cancer. People hope not to be a victim of crime. Hope is a good wisher, target setter, goal setter, dreamer. But faith is a possessor. Faith is an obtainer. Do you get that? Amen. Faith obtains what it previously wished for, hoped for, targeted. Hallelujah. Faith is a possessor. Faith is an obtainer. And because it's got it, because it owns it, because it's received it, because it's taken possession, it then gives substance to what is hoped for. Amen. So the Bible says here, faith is, now faith is. I love that. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence. Faith is evidence. What's the proof that you're born again? You ever seen your name? You ever seen the Lamb's Book of Life? You ever seen Peter's Gate and Gates of Glory and Throne Room? No. Nope. Well, how do you know? My faith is the proof. My faith is the evidence. My confidence, my assurance is the proof. I'll explain that to me. I don't know that I can, and I don't have to. (laughs) I just know that I know that I know I have an inward, spirit-born confidence on the inside that I am right with God and I am born again. Why? Because I have the written word that tells me what it means to be born again, how to get born again, who God will save, and I fit 
I fit the whosoever that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I have called upon him. (laughs) Amen. Let me read this to you from a couple of different translations that will help get some, uh, give some depth to what faith is. The New Living Translation, the second edition, says it this way. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So if you're praying for healing and you say, I've got faith, then you're confident that what you hope for will actually happen. It goes on and says, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Amen. Faith gives me assurance that I have the thing I don't see. Let me illustrate. I ordered a truck on Wednesday. Thank you all that that helped me with that. And uh, it's not even been built yet. It's a 2022 model, Ford F-250. And uh, am I hoping for it? Or am I in faith about it? Well, my faith is the proof of the reality of things not yet seen. I went to the Ford dealership. I sat down with the sales rep. He, in great detail, took all of the things I wanted in the truck. He printed it out on a piece of paper and said, Is this the truck you want? From the color to the engine to the alternator to everything. I said, That's the truck right there. See, my truck then was in existence in written form. Promised form. You said $1,000 in your signature and we will build it. I said, y'all are cheap. (laughs) And wrote up $1,000 and signed the order. I have a 2022 F-250. It's why I tell y'all about it. I can almost smell the leather. (laughs) Can I see it? No. It hasn't even been built yet. But my faith in Ford (laughs) is given substance. Now, I'm not walking the floor going, oh, I sure hope they will. Right, right, right. Right. I'm, not, I'm not walking around going, oh, I hope they don't run out of transmissions. <laughs> I'm not walking around going, I hope Ford didn't forget how to build one of those. Right. I believe, I have confidence Amen. that that truck, not a different truck, not a red one, a white one, star white. Amen. Black leather interior. 6.7, turbocharged, diesel. Oh, it's go- oh, you want to go for a ride? This could be great. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see, this faith, simply just in the natural. I am the possessor. That truck won't go, in, it won't go anywhere. It won't go to anyone else. I don't care if anybody comes in, bids me up higher on it. That is my truck. And my faith is given substance to that truck. And I have all this confidence, I have all this insurance because I have one piece of paper and a guy's word. And I believe that because one guy gave me his word and I have a piece of paper with a, it's a contract, 
Amen. That all of the power and all of the resources and all of the people at Ford are going to, my faith, my action, my belief, amen, my word, it's mine, amen, sets all of that in motion. And one day here soon, it, boop, it's going to pop out into this natural realm. Faith for healing is just like that. You got to do more than hope to be healed. You have to look at the written promise, not from Ford, but from heaven, from God Almighty. The God in whom Hebrews says it is impossible for him to lie. I think it's Numbers 23 19 says, Has he not said it? Shall he not make it good? Amen. Amen. If God says it, he will make it good if. We do our part, which is to mix faith with that promise. And then the moment you get, anyone gets in faith on God's written promise and puts their signature on it, with their heart they believe it, they say it, they put their signature on it, all, not forward, all of heaven and the angels and the resources in the spirit realm, they all begin to go to work. And if you just stay that way, No more tumor. Boop. No more pain. Boop. No more disease. No more problems. And it's not an accident. And it didn't happen because God winked at you in His sovereignty and said, you're one of the special ones. No, I went to Ford with a full expectation that if I work the system and I do what I'm supposed to do, that in the end, I'm going to have me a truck. That's it. Well, if you go to God and you work the system, you find out what He said and you do what you're supposed to do, boom, you'll have your healing. You'll have your... Victory, you'll have what's Amen. promised. Amen. And while, while he said, now I can't tell you. I can't tell you when. He said under normal circumstances, you're looking at a two-month process. But these aren't normal circumstances. Because of the supply chains and different things. And I said, don't bother me. I'll stand as long as I have to stand. Now I didn't tell him that, but that's what I'm saying. I'll just stand in confident expectation. And if it's... September, fine. If it's November, fine. If it's January, I will stand as long as I need to stand. But that, that F2, that F2 is mine. I have it now. Faith has obtained it. Are you getting this? Oh, but Pastor Chris, you just, you just never know what God's going to do. So I can know what Ford's going to do, but I can't know what God's going to do. You can get on the internet, you can read a few things, you can talk to a guy. No, absolutely. Make a multi-thousand dollar transaction. His word, my word, I do my part. And all of that power and all that ability and all that stuff goes into motion. But God can't seem to muster up. God does not work in mysterious ways. God works in predictable ways. When it comes to your faith. Faith now, faith is now. Chris's faith is for the Ford F two fifty. How many of you, you just you've gone in, you asked your bank or something, and they told you, and you didn't get behind the screen and see what they were seeing, but you just took their word for it? Right. 
that ever happened to you, Miss Gretchen? People ask you questions, and you, you know, hold on a minute. What's your account number? Okay. And you tell them. But you didn't give them any proof. Right. And they just drove off happy as a clam. And went and made financial decisions based on what she said. People scared out of their mind. They go to their doctor. That's fine. They go to their doctor. And the doctor says, oh, listen, hey, listen, don't, don't worry about this. It's not a big deal. I'm going to write you a prescription. This is what this is. And just go to Walgreens or wherever and get your prescription filled and follow the directions. And that'll be gone in 30 days. Well, you came in scared as a cat. But you leave with the same feeling, same condition, same difficulty, but you're not afraid. All that fear went. And there's a confidence, there's a peace about you. Isn't that right? And you just, you just took that guy's word, that gal's word, and you just went to the pharmacy, and you don't, have a, you don't know chemistry, you don't know... You don't have a microscope. If you did have a microscope and you broke that capsule open, you wouldn't be able to tell heads or tails about what's in that. And downer goes, yeah. and no fear, no nothing. What? What are you doing? You're living by faith in the doctor. You're living by faith in the pharmaceutical company. You're living by faith in the pharmacist. You don't know that little gal could have been thinking about her dog that died and put the wrong thing in the bottle. You just, down it goes. And you just fully expect no problem. You still hurt. You still got a rash. You still whatever. But in 30 days, you absolutely know this is gone because you have faith in the medicine. We're talking about God who created the universe. Come on. A God with whom nothing is impossible, who never fails, never makes a mistake, never has a chink in the system, never has a power outage, never has a angels that go on strike. But we can't take His Word. His Word that was ratified in blood, verified with many supernatural prophecies over millennia. But oh, no, we just can't know what God's going to No, you're just doubting. You are just not believing. And this is why you're the way you are and dealing with what you're dealing with. Amen. Because our God is trustworthy. What's that word mean? He's worthy of being trusted. He's worthy of being believed. So yet why, when you know the promise of God, do you walk the floor at night? Why do you groan and gripe and complain? Why do you entertain fears and get tormented in your mind? Why do we doubt? Well, Pastor, I just don't know anybody this stuff's working for. You go in the wrong church then. It's working for a lot of us. Where's Sister Catherine at again? I'm going to fix a mistake I've made for a long time in this church. I've not pointed to her testimony enough. Wave your hand at us, Mom. Right there she is, 28 years ago, diagnosed with very serious breast cancer. Did they put a stage on that? Stage four, stage four, breast cancer, 28 years ago. Well, she just got in the Word. She just believed God. They scheduled 13, right, 13 chemo treatments. She took six, and then at that point, she had it in her heart. She, she had it. Faith, her faith had, it took a little while, but her faith possessed her healing, grabbed her healing. 
She's not hoping for it anymore. She's got it. And because she's got it, she told the doctor, I'm done, I'm not taking any more chemo treatments. And she told us this morning in Connect class that she heard the doctor who had left the room on the other side of the door talking to his little video recorder about her case. Well, we're going to make her as comfortable as possible, you know, as she dies here. That's very encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm not blaming them. They're just doing what they do. But they don't know faith. She knew faith. Amen. Well, it wasn't squirrely faith. It wasn't false faith. It was, there she sits, right there, 28 years ago, healed, stage 4 cancer. Amen. That's what I mean when I say my life has been changed, transformed by the light that has come. You know, there's been different waves of emphasis, call them waves of moves of God or revival, in, in modern, even in modern times. And you could look back and point to them, the healing revival of the 40s and 50s, you know. Uh, praise God. And then the charismatic revival of the late 60s and 70s, where you had Episcopalians with tall pointy hats, and they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Catholics, Presbyterians, they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with Lutherans, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. It's a move of God. And that move of God, that wave, how many of you know waves crash, they hit the shore, and then another wave comes? Well, the wave that came after the charismatic wave was the teaching wave. And, and Brother Hagin was part of three of those waves. But his primary ministry was for that wave. He heard the Lord tell him, go teach my people faith. Go teach my people faith. That was the mandate on his life for most of his ministry. Amen. And, and, and he and others, but... In America, primarily him for a little while, teaching, amen, the body of Christ, what faith is. How to believe God. How to take the promise of God and make it manifest. Not, on, not wondering, not hoping, but on purpose. Oh, and got criticized. Ridicule. You, you Google the name Reverend Kenneth e. Hagin, you'll see a lot of good stuff, but you'll see some vicious stuff out there too. Amen. And, uh, but out of that move of God, I mean, I don't know, maybe this brother and sister could tell me, but tens of thousands of tens of thousands of churches birthed as that faith message got out there. Amen. Amen. And uh, praise God. And, and because it, that move was just as legit and necessary as the healing wave, or as the charismatic wave, or as the Azusa Street revival. God wants things emphasized at times. Amen. Healing's always right. We don't need a revival like we had in the 40s and 50s, although I think that's coming back. Amen. Amen. In fact, most prophets that I think are legit have long prophesied that right before the return of the Lord, all of these waves are going to be all wrapped up into one great big move of God. We're going to bust out of here in a blaze of glory and get taken out of here. I believe it. Amen. I'm just telling you my life. There, there's, I mean, think about it. That means something to her mother, or to her daughter, Susie. And then, you know, God has helped her to be here to help raise these precious daughters and, and her grandson. And the devil tried to take her out. And it wasn't, you know, God's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. isn't she lucky God landed on her. No, she believed. She believed. 
Well, how many of you in this place, by raising hands, use your faith on something you believed? What God's Word said, and something came to pass for you. Come on. Hallelujah. This is how we're supposed to live. This is the life that God's invited us to live. I'm looking at the time here. All right. Look at, uh, well, we're still on Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is the God's Word rendering. God's Word translation says, Faith assures us. So the doctor says, but faith assures us. It won't be as the doctor said. Now, faith doesn't deny. Faith doesn't walk around going, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And the doctor says, right there's a tumor, dude. Right. No, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. No, that you're, you're not being in faith. That's being a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. That's new age stuff. This is not Christian science. This is Bible sense. Yeah. Yeah. Faith doesn't deny the natural reality of what faith is facing. But faith looks at God's promise about that and believes that above that. Yeah. Believes that that promise will change that. And actually possess the reality of that before the doctor can tell you it's so. I love that. Faith assures us. So anybody that comes to you, oh, please, Deacon Russell, please pray, pray for me. And, oh, man, are you in faith? I'm in faith. I'm in faith. Yes, I am. You don't look assured. No. You don't look confident. I'll pray for you, but maybe next week we need to spend some time with you to get the Word in you a little bit. Get that fear off of you. Get that doubt off of you. Get that question off of you. Amen. We ought to not just out of pleasantry and protocol go through the motions of prayer with people who we know are not in faith. We shouldn't do that. Because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And they're going to get discouraged that it didn't work. Maybe even blame God that it didn't work. I knew this faith stuff doesn't work. First of all, faith is not stuff. It's holy. (laughs) And faith never fails. Faith always works. When it's real faith, it always works. Always. So we just, you know, want to get past it. Okay, look, I don't want to, you know, I really don't want to take time. I want to get to the Mexican restaurant. So I'm going to pray with you. And you might release faith to move mountains, but they're in doubt, they're in fear, and it's not going to work. That's right. Yeah. It'd be better to say, get yourself into the bookstore and buy that book, Christ the Healer, and come back to me after you read it three times. Amen. Amen. Download Pastor Chris's series, Healing is Easy. Amen. And listen to it 25 times, and if you're still not healed, come back and I'll pray for you. Amen. We'd be doing people a better service. Yes. Faith assures us of the things we expect. I like this. Convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. See, what real Bible faith will do for you is it will give you, you are convinced of the reality of something you can't see. Well, if I can't see it, I'm not going to believe it. You're going to go without them because that's not, God, that's not how God works. That's how I work. Tell me how that works out for you. Well, seeing's believing. Not in the Bible, it's not. Seeing is not believing. Where'd you get that? You got that in the world. Believing. 
is seeing. And if you're in faith, Pastor Chris, I need, I need to talk to you. Okay. Well, you know, I've been, I, I, you know, I believe, I, I believe in healing's right and healing belongs to me and Jesus is my healer, but I'm not sure if I ought to have this surgery or not. Well, sister, you better. Because, see what I mean? Faith, Bible faith, would never ask that question. Now, don't be condemned. If I, go, if, I, if I didn't go to the doctor, I'll go to the doctor. I'm not going to be condemned about it. I don't feel guilty about it. The point is get help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get help. Amen. And, uh, but see, if faith is a possessor and faith is the confidence, it's the assurance that the things that we expect will actually happen. Faith is the inner confidence of the reality, the current right now reality of things I can't see. And if that's you in the area of healing, then I would have to come to you and say, hey, did you have that surgery? Oh, no, I didn't. Did you go ask pastor if you should stop taking chemo treatments or not? No, see, she knew it on the inside of her. I got this. I know what God said. I believe what God said. My faith is strong in what God said, and I have it. I care if Pastor Zach gives me his approval or not. I'm sure he would, but I mean, that's not... You're not going to... What if I'd have said, no, I don't think you ought to have it. They'll probably die. <laughs> now I'm going to get sued. See, I say this again. I'm trying to say things in different ways, and we're almost done, to help people get it. You know, if you say it just one little bit of a different way, maybe somebody will get it. And if you already get it, don't get frustrated with me trying to say it different ways. Because there's more than other people, more than just you in the room. I'm not putting that on you. Amen? But I say it this way. Faith has no questions. The only, the only question I might get curious about with Ford is when, but not if. I got no questions about if. But that's where most Christians are when it comes to their healing. They never get, they never get beyond if. Like the, like it, we're not going there, Matthew 8, remember the leper? The leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, I know that if you're willing, you could heal me. Mm-hmm. See, why is he not healed? He knows God can, but he's, he doesn't know. His question is, will you? Will you heal me? That's what I don't know. And Jesus said, yes, I'm willing. Touched him, and he was healed immediately. But you have to get rid of all your if. Can't be any if. Well, I know God said He's going to supply all my needs, but I just wonder if. You better get alone because that's not going to work like that. You better take on an extra job because that's not going to work. I know my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory because God said so. He's a good Father. He can do it, and He's not a liar. Amen. I don't have any more questions. Well, what about how? That's not my job. I don't, I don't care how. I don't care how. I trust. I don't care. I trust Ford's got that figured out. Well, I hear there's an employee shortage. What if they got enough people at Ford? That's not my problem. I have their promise. They better come through. They're going to come through. Praise God. If the president has to get there and put the lug belt on the truck. Don't stumble over how. Don't stumble over when. 
When's this pain going to leave? When's this problem going to change? That's not your job. Your job is to just let faith know. Let faith do what it does. Let it believe that what God said is. Period. Don't get religious. Don't add anything more to it. Amen. Amen. I'll give you this, this last that's the last little, it's the Montgomery New Testament translation. It says, now faith is the title deed. I like that. Of things hoped for. You know, the way the world is today, people are buying, I understand, people are buying, the reason there aren't any houses around here is, you know, it costs a lot of money right now. Wood is expensive to build a house. But people, someone told me recently, they're uh, realtors, people from New York, People from California, people from high tax, they're just fed up with it. They're buying houses sight unseen. They come on the market and they, the realtor is just buying them. They're, they're, they're just selling them. Now that person in New York buys a house in Paducah sight unseen. Do, can he have a house before he sees a house? Is that possible? Can you, can you own a house? Have, you know, have legal ownership of a house? You hadn't smelled the house, seen the house, felt the house, looked at the house? Is that possible? What gives you the assurance that that house is yours? You have the title deed. You getting that? This is your title deed. Ratified in blood. The blood of God's own son. You know what he said in here? He said, give and it shall be given. If I gave, and I have, I've given a lot this year, then you know what? i got the title deed to a harvest. I really am closing. Landing gears out. We're actually touching the runway. We went somewhere today, right? Amen. Uh, but see, if, if in the natural... I could have a truck before I see a truck and know it's mine. If I could have a house without seeing a house based on a piece of paper that tells me it's mine. If I could go spend all kinds of money at Paducah, Kentucky Oaks Mall because Gretchen behind the bank screen said I had so much money in my account. I didn't see it. She didn't show it to me. I didn't even get to look at the screen. Then why can't? Why do believers struggle? Why Don't struggle anymore. The Bible says God is not a man. He is not a man that he should lie. How come it not is? Well, maybe because you just haven't believed it yet. Maybe you're hoping for it, you're wishing for it, praying for it. Healing don't come by praying for it. Faith comes by, like Deacon Russell said at the outset, he's already bought it. He already gave it. He already paid for it. He's just waiting on you to figure out that it belongs to you and that all you have to do is reach out into the Spirit with your faith, take possession of it, and then just hold on to it, and then God will make that promise good in your life. What a life. You know, that's how, this, that's how we built this campus. That's how, that's how we started. That's how, we're gonna, that's how we do it. You know, we were going to buy these doors in the office and... They just weren't nice enough. They just weren't going to look good. I'm going to spend all that money on something that doesn't look good. 
So we go back. I haven't got the price yet, but I'm kind of expecting a doozy. But we're going to get, in Jesus' name, these beautiful wrought iron doors and glass. and mm, Very nice. And then we get them in the office, and then we're going to replace all these nice doors, but inferior, with nicer stuff. Well, where's the money going to come from? I'm going to believe God for it. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything? I mean, we have to stop at some point, right? It is the 4th of July. <laughs> I know that there's a hot dog or a bratwurst or something in somebody's future. So I could just stay here all day. All my family's gone. So <laughs> Hallelujah. But the chickens will probably be thirsty this afternoon. So uh, amen. Stand up on your feet today.